And we're back. Uh, this is an exciting week. This is when the sports season really kind of kicks back on into full gear. Um, mm. We just had the players. We talked to Bud. Fantastic work on the show, Bud. Um, we had the selection uh, announcement for the NCAA basketball tournament last night. NFL preseason, the legal tampering started uh, today at noon. I think people have been tampering for quite a while. But Why do they call it that? Why do they call it that? <laughs> How can you legally tamper with something? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and then we've got, you know, Masters coming up soon and the NFL draft, baseball season. It's it's in full swing and NBA playoffs. So um, this is a really exciting time for the show. And Maddie and I couldn't be more pleased to be joined by Mike Green today. Uh, he's yep. going to give us everything we need to know We on the NCAA tournament, um, a little bit of background, some of the stories, some of the things he likes, that he lo- you know, how he, how he sort of structures out his schedule as well with, um, with the tournament coming up and, and things that he gets excited about. So before I pass it over to you, Mike, welcome, but Maddie, um, how, how's everything going? How are you feeling about the, the kickoff to our legal tampering? Yeah, this is a great week, and you buried the lead. The big, the biggest part of this week is the golf trip, which I know you did on purpose, but it's – it's um, and Green will can, can attest to this. I basically have two trips every year that I look forward to with this much anticipation. It's the golf trip, and then it's the trip I do with those guys for our college football draft. And it's every single day within the 10-day window of that trip, you get closer to it. It becomes 5 to 10% harder to focus on anything in your life that you should other than that thing because it's an opportunity to be a child again a college kid no no real responsibilities but yeah this is awesome it does um spring has sprung there's a lot going on baseball like this is this is a great month this is a great month this is the month where you start to wake back up from the january february doldrums but yeah i'm excited this is a big week there's a lot of action i'm concerned about all my, how much action there is to be honest but we'll make so it work this this specific season, Green, welcome again to the show. I'll let you probably. <laughs> yep. Um, this specific tournament, is there anything that we should be looking out for? Like, is there a big storyline that uh, we got to know about this? Because I'm a little bit of a novice when it comes to college basketball. I was shocked when I saw midseason, like Houston was number one and UNC yeah. was, you know, it, I did read the UNC news. So we can talk, cover that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, Houston, you know, with Samson there the last few years, he's got that thing rolling pretty well. But to me, the great thing about the tournament is I can tell you things to look for. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm not somebody who makes a living doing this. There are people who are a lot smarter than I am and they might give predictions too. And they can all fall flat because it's the beauty of a single elimination tournament, 68 teams. You know, at the end of the day, you can reliably say, okay, one of these five or six teams is probably going to win it because the cream does always rise to the top there. But for the rest of the tournament, I mean, upsets galore. We've seen it in recent years, right? Where sometimes, you know, last year, Last year, uh, Kentucky was everybody's darling. Everybody thought they were going to do it, and they lost wow. in the first round of St. Peter's. So, so you know one of the group of the strongest teams is going to win it, but anything that happens in the other 63 games leading up to it, who knows, man? And, and that's what makes it so fun. <laughs> I, I love the day because I, and the biggest regret I've ever had is I used to try and figure out a way to, like, half work that Thursday. Yeah. 
and it never happened yeah. um, throughout my career for like 13 years. I was like, I want to take the day off. And it's like, oh, no, you need to cover for someone at a restaurant. And that, all I wanted to do was literally just sit down and watch 12 hours of yeah. college basketball that Thursday from, you know, tip off at 1040 and hear Jim dance. Oh, yeah, that's the best. That's the best. We've done it. We've done it before. We've had some years. I don't know how many you've done it more times than I have, Greeny. But with you guys, I think I've done it a few times. And it's yeah. It's 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 one of the only days of the year where there you wake up and sports basically start the minute you get up and they go until you're out of gas. Like it's yeah. how many continual hours of basketball? It's like 12, 13 something hours. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm out here in the in the mountain times. Also, I think it tips off usually around 10. Uh, yeah. We got action till after 11 p.m. usually. Um, so, yeah, yeah. 12, 12, 13 hours, something like that. And. Yeah, captivating point i love it man love taking off friday you get the four tv set up i mean really our lives as college basketball fans have changed so much in the last 10 years even like 10 okay. years ago i'm setting up a laptop computer over here that's on a 20 second delay i gotta like hide scores <laughs> we got four channels you get four tvs going it's a lot easier it's uh it's fun setup man it's the best it's a golden age it's yeah. a golden age that we've got. <laughs> and really just, uh, you know, back to back to back, like just you get Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, just as much action, basically, you know, I mean, uh-huh. in terms of the amount of time, right? It's still that kind of 10 to 10 yeah. ratio. So it, it really doesn't stop for four days. We're going to have a hard time. I mean, I'm going to have a hard time trying to balance playing golf, but also keeping an eye on scores. But the good news, Gibby, we're not going to be able to do any online betting down there, which is probably going to be for the best for us, honestly, because it's we don't need to combine like five vices at once. We'd all die. It's too much. <laughs> um, in terms of like teams where there's a story behind, right? Like I know even the team that's not part of it is UNC. There are actually two teams that aren't part of it that I want to touch on that. See yeah. so if you have any feelings about it, but UNC didn't qualify, didn't make the tournament got invited to the NIT and said, no, thank you. Is yeah. that something that's happened before? Is that something you've seen or? You know, that that's a great question. I feel like I've heard of it happening. It's, it's definitely rare though, right? Okay. Um, I think, you know, maybe UNC being as veteran laden as they are, they figure none of these guys are coming back anyway. Okay. You see it with a, with a team that's younger. They want to yeah. use the NIT as a building block, right? Um, okay. I mean, you've seen that a few times where a team one wins the NIT one year, then they come back and they're like a five seed in the big dance the next year or whatever. Maybe UNC just figures, hey, these guys are all graduating anyway. They went to the Final Four last year. The NIT does nothing for us as a program. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, definitely, definitely not uh, not common. That's for sure. So another team that that was not eligible for the tournament but won their conference and mm. what would have been the automatic bid. We had. Um, a yep. gentleman that I've known for 30, 41 years. Uh, friend, of the, friend of the show. Who's the athletic director of Merrimack College on. Um, he had no comment when when he was reached out <laughs> by one night. In time. Uh, I was so excited for him and so disappointed because, and Greeny knows this, not a big fan of how the NCAA runs their business. And I hate that they force these teams. And, and luckily we're getting a little bit closer there, but man, it would have been nice to say, to claim that we propelled Merrimack to the, to the yeah. dance. <laughs> Missed off platform to make uh, make his could have, could have been it. 
I mean, great season, great accomplishment, right? Like the celebration on the court was fantastic. Um, it's Manny, still a conference said, title. It's still a conference title. At the end of the it day, is. it's a conference title. It was incredible. And, and they knew, obviously, what the rules were. And so it wasn't, yeah. you know, a surprise going into the game. But um, but anyway, just wanted to give Merrimack a shout out on a great season. Wow. Um, well done. Well done. Um, mm-hmm. Curious about... And I don't want to go too deep down the road, but is there a is there a villain in this um, NCAA tournament that we should know about that everyone's rooting against? Yeah, that's uh, you know that's a good question. I think there's a couple answers there. I think um, there's the obvious, there's the non you know the off court action going on with Bam. I've always been somebody who I like you know like this is entertainment for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to watch a watch something to uh to to occupy my time and and to enjoy so i'm i'm not here to talk on any of that but i'm sure okay. they will come with uh with a lot of detractors based on what's happened there and then i don't know i don't know if villain is the right word but but i don't know if you guys feel this there's always been this gonzaga hate cuz they haven't won a title and it's like well, the Zags win it cuz they've never won it that's the proof well, they no way they can ever win it they come from the west coast conference and maybe that was dulled down a little bit this year because they they weren't they didn't even win their conference regular season, right? Yeah. Um, but if they find themselves in the final four or something, which spoiler, I definitely think they're one of the teams that could get there. They're okay. Like, but if they find themselves there, they're gonna see that public backlash again, right? Where everybody's like, ah, it's Gonzaga, they can't do it. And nobody can ever do it until they do it, you know? Right. Yeah. Also, too, what's the vitriol to it's a small school in the middle of nowhere, Washington, that has built the program from quite literally nothing the right way. Mark Few has done has from from far as we know, he's like broken at least only not that many rules. Shouldn't we be celebrating that type of thing? Like, why do we have to hate? Everybody has to have a take now. Everybody has to pick a side and hate something. Right, right. I don't like that. I mean, it's a good point. You know, it's what everybody should strive to be. It's like, yeah. It's like if Charleston all of a sudden 20 years from now, we look back and they're like, oh, wow, they've won three yeah. games 15 times now. Yeah. That's what Gonzaga's done. They turned one great season into, into 25 years, basically. Yeah. Like, it's been incredible. It's the same reason. It's like the same concept of why people don't like LeBron because he's kind of goofy. But like, what has he ever done except be a, a, like a role model who plays the game the right way and just gets it done? Like, yeah, we're real sports fans. We're fickle. We're very fickle. It's very fickle. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're all rooting for our team. And if it's yeah. not, we hate whoever's on top, right? No, uh-huh. no, uh-huh. yeah, that's it. That's life. You you that's guys life. as Boston fans, I'm, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, the thing. Jealous, right? That's the thing. I don't. So for me personally, and you know this, Greeny and Gibby, you know this too. For me personally, as a Boston fan, like I'm good. I'm, I'm like, I cashed out. Like everything that happens from here, I don't have the right to be upset about. Like I can't get any better than the last 20 years. It's not possible. So it's just found money for me. Like I can't get that fired up either way. Cause I'm kind of like, I'm already way up, way out in front of my skis as a sports fan. Yeah. Um, segue with found money. Yeah. Um, are there any, uh, any long shots that we like any, any uh, bets, Maddie? I know you did some work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put a, I put a neat little three team underdog parlay together. That's paying out at plus 1700 that I'm pretty excited about. Ooh. Spicy. And Greeny, you're going to be with me on this first one. Furman to beat Virginia. I'm just out on Virginia. It's okay. Furman's good. It's a good team. They score. And Virginia can't score. And so if they don't play exceptional D, it's going to get ugly, I think. Um, you mentioned Charleston earlier. I think that's just a really good team. 
that's just like a really solid team. There's always like five and five or something like that. Like, yeah. And they've just, they rate out well with the advanced metrics. They play a nice style. Unfortunately, their coach is a dude who was the coach at UMass for like five days and then spurned them and went back to his original school. So there's a little bit of hate there for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to look past it. Um, And then I think the Drake, I think the Drake's going to take Miami. I'm not impressed by Miami at all. And Drake is another like just quality squad that, I would be interested though, Greeny. I need to look at some of these Ken Palm lines to see how far they are from the lines on these games. But um, yeah, I like those. I don't know if any of those jive with anybody, but those are my long dogs. Yeah, I mean, obviously a few uh, a few twelve seeds in there, and that's always a spicy spicy. Mm-hmm. So all money lines, I take it then to get that payout. Yeah, like they're all within like between plus one seventy and uh, and plus two ten. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. How many actually you you would know this potentially because I know we were talking about this in the chat earlier. Has there has there been a tournament in the last handful of tournaments where a 12 seed didn't advance past the first round? Uh it's very rare. Uh I want to say it might have happened like 3 years ago. I, I'm I'm not the historian I once was. Uh, uh it happens almost every year and oftentimes two or three of them, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. So that's my I'm reasoning there. Um, another little fun nugget I saw. Okay. Seven coaches this year in the tournament made the tournament in their first season coaching. So there's seven seven guys in the tournament coaching these teams who have never made a tournament before. It's their first year. So that's pretty cool. That could be fun. You never know. Those little like tiny things tend to add up and, and become something. So I thought that was a cool little thing. Um. And then teams that you think like are are those longer shots that could run into the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Um, are there any that stand out that and they could even be like a seven or nine seed or whatever, like a um and actually there there are a couple seeds that green it sounded like you're an Illinois fan, Iowa fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up uh I grew up in Chicago area, so I was a big Illinois fan. Some of those '90s, early 2000s Illinois teams are, are still some of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I went to school in Iowa, so a big, big Iowa fan too. I'm not sure either one of them really have what it takes. I mean, the thing about Iowa, I guess, is offensively when they're on, yeah, they, they can shoot someone out of it, right? Like when they're hitting their threes and they're rolling, sure, watch out. But that just doesn't happen. You know, maybe that happens one in one every five games. So. Um, it, it, it could happen. I don't think I'd pick either one of them. Typically those eight nines are a little bit tougher, right? Uh, you don't yeah. want to be a 10 seed or an 11 seed. Cause you've got an easier path to the sweet 16. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been real high on Texas A&M lately. Uh, yeah. They had a terrible non-conference. They started off like six and five. They lost to Wofford. They lost to, uh, Murray state. Who's, a great program, but not very good this year. No. Okay. And, and because of that, they got a seven seed. But if you just took them of like from December till now, they've, they've been playing like a top 10 team. So, so them as a seven seed, um, you know, they're going to face off against Texas or Colgate in the second round. That's if they even get past Penn State, because of yep. course it's really hot. But just in terms of a, a quality team that's probably underseeded, I think, I think they fit the bill for sure. Well, so I was filling out the bracket and all I looked at were like the, the three things were the opponents points per game. I was looking for teams that were under 70 um, because things get a little tighter for these guys. Like the these college kids, it's the first time they're paying. A lot of them are playing on huge stages where they're going to have millions and millions of people watching. 
um, how they did against the top 25 and then sort of their, their seeding versus their BPI rank. And A&M was one of them that really stood out. Is, is that, and tell me, I might be way off. I might be looking at all the wrong data points, but it's, I, mean, I, I think those predictives matter a lot. You know, if you think back, there was a year where Wichita got like an eight seed, but they were like yes. number five at Ken Palm. And then, for, you know, forgive me, these numbers might be a little bit yeah. off. Uh, no, I remember this. I remember this. But yeah. in spirit, you know, it was around there. And everybody's thinking, well, the one seed that they got to face in the second round has to face the top 10 team. The line in that game was like a point and a half or something like that. And sure enough, that team ended up, uh, you know, beating whoever that one seed was. And and so I think I think when you're looking at the data, when you're looking at BPI, like you said, or Ken Baum or uh, Bart Torvik, you know, there's, there's a number yeah. of different predictive measures. And you look at a team like Texas A&M that might be underseeded compared to that. Again, it's a single elimination tournament. They could get cold for a night, right? And make a home, but it, it, you know, if if uh, if you're looking at the best odds, I do think that's a good way to look at it, really, because because you're definitely getting value there. <clears throat> well, we're here to to give the fans value. Um, <laughs> any, uh, any and all. So you broke some news backstage. Um, and, and we don't know if it's confirmed yet, um, but it's about one of my favorite parts of of this season is it's uh-huh. Jim Nance does the tournament right into the Masters and we get our, our fill. Um, first, any announcers you, you love? And then we want to get to the Nance news. I mean, Nance, obviously, one of the all-time greats. He's been calling the Final Four for, I mean, most of my life now at this point. So yeah. he's always great. Rafferty, you get uh, he might overuse his uh, his On, onions phrase yeah. a little too often, but yeah. I like I like him. He brings a lot of good energy. I know uh, fans in general are always a little split on Dickie V, but Dickie yeah. V always awesome. has a special place in my heart, man. I love that guy. And if you ever like read into his life story, just an inspiring guy. He's overcome a lot of uh, adversity and really, you know, just seems like a good a good soul who's a great ambassador for for the sport. And then uh, I go back and forth between whether I love him or hate him. But Bill, uh, when you when you listen to Bill Walton, if you're watching a Pac-12 uh-huh. game, you can't help but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he's very sometimes be amazed. He's just he's in a unique human being, that's for sure. <laughs> you just never know what he's gonna do, and that's kind of like that because you don't get that anymore with any announcers or any play-by-play or color guys. It's always so cliche. Everybody's like so worried about getting canceled. I don't, I'm not sure you can cancel Bill Walton. I think he's uncancelable. I think we you could to, try and cancel him. And then he would just keep coming back. He keeps ch- like, keep showing up like the guy from Office Space in the basement. The the, by Joshua yeah. Tree or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gibby, so now that I've looked into this, and Greeny, thank you for breaking that news. A little bit of a good news, bad news sitch here. Are you ready for it? Yes. So Nance has decided to step away. It was his decision. He's focused on the football and golf. Those are his two pure, you know, his, his, his likes. Stepping in for him after this year will be Ian Eagle, who Ooh, all right. I, like I know, I know is, is on your list as well. We needed, we still need to do our um, play-by-play color top by yeah. five, top five. We have to get through that, but I know Eagle's on there for you. Is he not? Yeah, he's, he's solid. Yeah. So. You know, it's, not the worst thing in the world. And Nance has given someone else a chance to step up. Yeah, it might free him up a little bit this time of year, and you could hang out. He could come on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe that opens <laughs> up some doors. Um, next step, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get that career taken off for him. We'll hammer him on IG or if he is on any of these places. Don't worry. We'll find him. Once we get Guy Fieri, we'll push him into the back. <laughs> so there was the, the college in Chicago area um, a few years ago that had the sister. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Loyola. Loyola. Yeah. So are they in it this year? Is oh, she no. around? They're and... the worst team. They're the only team in the Atlantic 10 that was worse than UMass. Really? That's no place to be. Okay. Yeah, they um so they, they had a new coach last year. Uh, okay. Drew Valentine, I believe. Okay. Okay. Or am I getting that wrong? Um his brother look. played at Michigan State. Anyway, new new guy. Oh, Denzel Valentine. Okay, yeah, there you go. So I think it is Drew. Drew, okay. Drew's the coach, the, the, the coach now. It's his second year. And I always have this thing, and MP's heard me talk about it before, where a lot of times, you know, new coach takes over for somebody who's super successful, mm-hmm. and you can sustain it for a year because the message is still there. The players, you know, remember the scheme, whatever, if you're yeah. trying not to upset it too much. Yeah. A lot of the same players are there. They were recruited by the other guy. But then year two, you see that big dip, and and unfortunately, uh, that's what they saw this year. So yeah, it was not a not a very good year for the Ramblers. Their first season over in the A ten. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, with, with, you, with, with that, but who knows? You nailed you, you nailed the coach. It's true. It is true. true. His bro- yeah, his brother is Denzel. There you go. That's what I was, yep. that's what I was trying to remember if it was if it was Drew or Denzel. Thank you. Yep. Um, the Celtics lost an assistant today. Gibby, I texted you about this. Damon yeah, Stoudemire went to take the Georgia Tech job. Do you have any thoughts on that, Greeny? Do you think Damon Stoudemire can save the the Jackets? Did not know Damon Stoudemire was on uh, staff for the Celtics. Uh huh. Not know that uh, that he was on the move either. Guess who was on the staff last year and left before this and took took a job and is now getting to get himself a contract is um, Penn State. Shrewsbury. He was okay. on staff last year. He was he was on staff for the Celts, and he left last nice. year this time. Yeah, so they got a little thing going. Maybe he's got some magic there. There you go. There you go. We'll Side see. note, I did love him at Arizona. I was a big fan of those uh, mm-hmm. 90s Arizona yep. teams. Uh, that yep. was a lot of fun. So stay, stay on, yeah, staying on the uh, the college side of things. That's awesome. I, I didn't even yeah. know he was still relevant. I hadn't heard the name in a while, so – yeah, they, was he one of those guys? I mean, they had I saw something today. It was like a tournament. It was a snapshot of a tournament game from like I don't know the '90s, and everybody had shorts that were basically Jinko jeans, almost down. Like everybody, everybody had them, right? And that was like, although that's the that's the opposite of what Grayson's looking for. Grayson wants to go back a few more decades. He wants the Larry Bird compression <laughs> shorts, is what he's I mean, looking we've for. Basically, gotten back there. Guys like him high and tight these days. Man. It's yeah. true. It's true. What a world. Um, Everything. One of the the big you know draws for me for for the tournament is part of the nostalgia, right? Like you remember like the Ewing Georgetown teams, and even though I was four years old, I never watched them, but like you saw all the clips of them or the Jim Valvano, and um, you know, so all and then obviously like Leitner's turnaround jumper with a second left, Chris Weber, um, yep. I'm out. But like, is there one storyline or one team in your lifetime that? um you gravitate to or that you know sort of sits there for you you know that that's a great question I feel like uh so my love of college basketball started again growing up in Chicago area they'd get tournament games every now and then so I went at what used to be called the Rosemont Horizon my dad took me Duke was the defending champ maybe even back-to-back champs I know they won in 92 I think they won in 91 as well 
So big favorites coming into the 93. And Jason Kidd was on Cal yeah. that year. Yep. We actually saw, so I got to watch Jason Kidd twice, you know, the, the Friday, Sunday, or Thursday, Saturday, whatever it was. Dad takes me out of school, so we get to go watch, you know. Um, so that was kind of like where my love of college basketball started. And then you had, you know, all those early 90s. The uh, the Arkansas Corliss Williams. Oh wow! Yeah, but, what was it? Big nasty or yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. You had UCLA when they won with a Tyus Edney end to end to beat Princeton. Were the O'Bannon yeah. brothers on that team or no? Yeah, yeah, I think they were. Yeah, the O'Bannon brothers were on there too. So yeah, yep. UCLA's most recent title, obviously. Um, there, yeah, night that whole like kind of mid nineties. Then the ninety six yeah. tournament. I feel like Ray Ray Allen had a buzzer beater, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, UConn. Yeah, Darvin Ham breaking the backboard. I, I used to have the Sports <laughs> Illustrated uh, cover on my on my wall as a kid. You know, uh, so I, I feel like I gravitate towards those mid nineties just because that's when my love of the sport uh, really really, really grew. In. But man, every year gives us something great. So I, I, yeah. I, I can't pinpoint one or the other. Yeah, so it's, it's probably funny. the only tournament we have that never disappoints, no matter what. Yeah, there's always something. Um, yep. And so it's funny you mentioned Jason Kidd. I've uh, been in one actual fight in my entire life with another human being. I was 12 years old, and the guy was, I was all of like four foot two, but I was the one instigating. And um, and I didn't look good afterwards. He was like five four, and I had to get picked up from school. I'm, and you left it all out there. Gets home from work, and it was like a Friday. I got picked up at like one o'clock, and I get my dad's home at like five thirty. Walks in, he knew the story, right? And he's like, "Just be honest with me. Is this because Cal lost, um, and Jason Kidd lost?" <laughs> <laughs> He was like, <laughs> were you arguing about Jason Kidd? And I was like, nothing's changed uh, 29 years later. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how we got here. That's yeah. essentially how we got here. Yeah, no, it's... So I'm glad you brought him up. Um, we, we can't help it. Any like any any fun side stories? Let's look at like the, the positives of life um, with, you know, some of whether it's fan bases or the teams that they're making their first ever appearance that are, you know, potential Cinderella, like maybe not winning a, two games or three games, but it's a huge deal for the college or the program. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think a lot of the ones that, that MP uh, pointed out earlier, right. Okay. Like Drake's had a great four or five year run, but before that, it's not like they've been a, a perennial powerhouse, right. They're, they're usually at the bottom okay. of that division. Yeah. We mentioned Charleston too, Oral yeah. Roberts. I don't think yeah. they've lost maybe even this calendar year, they ran through uh, undefeated in the, in the summit. Of course they're facing Duke, who I happen to think is another team that might be underseeded. Yeah. I'll be really interested. Whoever wins that game, by the way, I think, uh, I think could potentially make an elite eight run, uh, but all those teams, right. Those are not traditional powers, but they've all had really nice years during 12 seeds. 12 seeds are, are, are tough to get. And like we've talked about, they're ones that can, uh, that can make, make nice runs. I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about the 15s and 16s. That's okay. Real tiny schools, right? Nah, like, nah. like who was it? Uh, one of them was like 14 and 20 on the season. Uh, Texas Southern, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 That, right? Hey, you got there. That's amazing. You, you had a terrible year. And then you got <laughs> conference journey, which is kind of the beauty of it, right? Anybody has a chance. You get hot in March. Yep. And anybody's got a shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. And therein lies why we love it so much. 
yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of new teams in here. There's a lot of teams that you just don't generally see in the bracket. And like you said, the odds betting on a 14, 15, 16 seed to win anything are like pretty long, the long shot, right? Like you're not going to get that one too often, but there's some teams in here, like 13 seeds, Drake's a 12. I mean, the 12 is always dangerous. Yeah. You were high on uh, Montana state. Isn't that right, Maddie? Yeah. I've, I've, I mean, we, I had that team this year, so I ended up watching a bunch of their games um, and they're a little bit spicy. They're a team. I I don't know. You know, I also don't know enough about, like you said this last night and I was laughing about this because I was ripping off some names of some teams that I thought might make the tournament that weren't even sniffing the bubble. And you were unironically, you were like, Hey, I don't, do you like focus on bracketology or anything at all? You're like, not, not offensive. And I was like, no, I honestly don't know what's happening. I just go in fresh basically. And I kind of follow like a few teams and the rest are kind of like invisible to me. Kansas state's one of those teams. I don't know anything about Kansas state. So I like Montana. Um, they lead the nation in free throws per game. And I love a team that can make free throws. Cause if the game's tight at the end, like that's what separates these teams. So, you know, I love a nice backcourt and a team that can hit from the stripe. Um, They've got a nice transfer who can, can who can control a game, but I don't know anything about Kansas State. If I knew more about Kansas State, I'd feel better about Montana. But I'm I'm blind. I'm yeah. flying blind. That's fair. Yeah, and, and K State's got two two all conference guys, right? You've got yeah. uh, you got Noel and Johnson there. Yeah, their third dude. Um, drawing a blank on his name, but a post player who can who can hit a couple threes. Most of the time, he's terrible, but when he's on, they're they're yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you get their top two in 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 foul trouble. Which, if Montana State leads the nation in free throws, chances are that's what they do, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you get those guys on the bench, they're not very deep. So yeah, we'll those. keep eyes on it. We'll keep eyes on it. We need to do a little digging. Um, I like we were talking about this last night when the lines first come out. You then look at because we talked about earlier, like the advanced analytics around like Ken Palm, and you know a lot of the algorithms that are used are are kind of being fed off of the same data points that you'll find in those models. And when the line is off by a significant amount, you know, there's potentially some value to be had there. I think yeah, there, there's definitely something to that. It just takes a little work. You got to dig in a little bit. That's true. Well, yeah. well, Kent State is one of those two. That's another one we we have not mentioned at all. Okay. They're only a four-point dog to Indiana, which I just found. Interesting. The data suggests that. Yeah. I would have assumed Vegas would, would inflate that line just because Indiana was the second best team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. They, all American with with Trace Jackson Davis there. I would just have assumed that that line would be bigger, thinking yeah. that the public would bet would back Indiana. So the fact that it opened at four, I'm interested. First of all, it might be bet up. So if you want to bet them, probably wait on Kent State. Yeah, but, uh, but that just tells me it's going to be a close game. And and there's a there's a 13 seed that I actually watched a little bit of this year. They they can make some noise. I think they're pretty good. Nice, nice team out of the MAC. Um, our buddy Danny dropped a stat on us earlier, so credit to him for this one. No team west of the Mississippi has won the tournament in 25 years. Can that change this year? Definitely. So that was why, yeah, that's why I asked. I think, Greeny, do you think you see any teams out there that could put a stop to that? I mean, uh, well, wait, first of all, uh, well, okay, hold on a second. Yeah, you've got, you've obviously got, um, Gonzaga, I mentioned. Yep. You've got Texas. You've got UCLA, right? Yep. Yep. Got Houston. Um, you know, Arizona. three of your probably top top uh, six or so favorites that uh, that all can can change that. But I'm also just interested in his 
stat because uh, Kansas won last year and has won a couple. So. Are they? Oh yeah, they're right there. <laughs> they're right there. We're gonna have to fact check them. That comes from now. Now that I'm thinking about it, man, we're gonna have to go back and look at that. I might have embarrassed myself. I didn't. I didn't think of it in live time either. But no. it just occurred to me now because because nobody knows where Kansas is. <laughs> nobody knows where is still. We've... Nobody knows what Kansas is. Is St. Louis there? Is Kansas City there? Is it not? Where's Missouri? Where's the Let's line? Call it the rest of the Central Time Zone. And yeah, we're all winners. Yeah. yeah, that works. Let's and, do and that. You drop off Houston and Texas from that, but you yeah. still Gonzaga and UCLA. Yeah. Arizona, I don't trust them as much, but no. you've got some West Coast teams that can, that can make a run. I've talked okay. myself into Texas. I'm all in. Um, I don't even know why. I just, I'm in. I just feel like I'm in, but it's, it won't end well. It'll end poorly, but they're up there. They're the f- um, fifth best odds to win this thing. But to your point a second ago, Greeny, if you count Houston, you count UCLA, you count Kansas, you count Texas, that's four of the top six teams favored to win this thing are west of the central time zone. Yeah. By the way, Baylor won a couple years ago, too. Yeah. See, Danny. We, oh, we got to ding Danny on this one. Yeah, Danny, thanks for nothing. And this is probably why I didn't want to join the pod. He was, he was scared. He had the, he wasn't going to do any homework to check to see if this data was good, and he hung me out to dry out here. He hooched me. He double hooched me on That's on double live. hooch. Unbelievable. Okay. Koch on fact checking now. So we're good. Yeah. Koch is going to burn us on that. We'll just send that one to Danny. We'll send him the bill. (laughs) Uh, So before we get to, you know, I I do want to check in your final four, your, your prediction, if you're okay with sharing it with our tens of listeners, Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get there, uh, sort of a two part question. One, we usually ask every single guest, Right. You're on your way home or you're on your way, uh, you know, out afterwards to do whatever on on a Saturday morning. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to catch the games until two o'clock. I'm not going to eat until five. I need a snack. Um, And you want to make sure there's a snowstorm coming in that you've got uh, enough gas in the tank and and your your barrels filled up. So um, where where are you going to in that? Uh, gas station to pick up a snack and what what aisle what is the specific item sorry it took me a while to get there (laughs) you got there you got there that's a tough call you know you're talking to a man who's had gas station sushi in birmingham before (laughs) (laughs) i don't shy away from the riskier plays (laughs) you are an upside guy know that about you (laughs) um yeah i think uh I, I think if they've got some fresh items, I'm going. I'm, I'm going with a sandwich of some sort. You know. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But if we're talking like packaged goods, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the the salty treats. You know what's uh, what's the ones that are like TGI Fridays, but the tater skins. Oh, oh, the potato wow. Skins or like Gardettos or yeah. That's a good, yeah. I think that's our second Gardetto. Somebody else yeah. had a Gardetto. That was a twofer. Yeah, that's a good classic. call. They're glad even better. I might I might go with the rye chip only, right? They've got I the, was gonna say, are you going rye chip only or are you going for the whole bag with the little It's a little repetitive soup? though. You know what? I think they should do it, and maybe I should just do this myself. I'm listening. Regular bag of Gardettos and then a rye only. And then you have a very heavily weighted rye chip. Yes. Two parts rye, one part Gardetto. There you go. Mm. There's your best of both worlds. That's a good answer. And Gibby, I say I it every time. It. That's gonna be my new snack. If anybody gets quit, we will make sure we sue anybody who pushes that out. Who owns the Gardetto? Is Gardetto one of those small little spots like in the middle of oh, Milwaukee yeah. 
Right. Yeah. They, they don't make anything but that, do they? It, it yeah, was small all... until this airs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, now well, we just... Of course. Of course. <laughs> this is, is going to be a boon to sales, no doubt. Uh-huh. Gardetto. Oh, this is sad. Owned by General Mills, who also owns Chex Mix. So we've got a little bit of inbreeding there. That makes me feel sad. Uh, we want those competing. I was hoping it was like an Italian family from Akron that's just always... I, so I randomly threw Milwaukee out, just figuring that's the kind of place that Gardetto's would be. And that's exactly where they started that thing. Nice. By Baptiste and Diane Gardetto. Like they, uh-huh. sold to, they sold to General Mills in 1999. Good for, for them. And they, it was the trimming. Judy Gardetto took the trimmings of breadsticks and mixed them in along with other snack bits with some seasonings. And that's how it was born. Kudos to Judy. Well done. Uh-huh. Big, big place so, for Judy. Mike, would love to know um, who do you have? You can go through the full final four if you'd like. Yeah. Or you can. So you can I, I have not. I have not like filled out a bracket and sat down. To me, it's always so matchup based. But yeah, at at the risk of being a man with excuses uh, here, like I said, I mean it's just so unpredictable. You never really know. The number one favorite could lose in the first round. So to me, I'm more focused on all right. One of these five or six teams yep. is probably going to win it. And I I yep. mentioned this uh, backstage there. Yep. But, yes. Uh, running through the Ken Palm era. Ken Pomeroy, right? They've, he's been around since 2002. So Best haircut in the game. 20 champions. Of the last 20, 17 of them were top six at Ken Pom before the uh, tournament started. Okay. And they were also top 15 specifically in adjusted offense. So mm-hmm. they had these two very specific qualifiers. The only outliers of the, of the last 20 champs we're all a little fluky. You had that 2003 Carmelo um, Syracuse team. Yep. yep. You had the 2011 Kemba Walker UConn run. Yep. Made no sense. 2014 UConn Shabazz Napier run. Yep. Okay. Also made no sense. Might happen, right? They happen. They happen about three uh, three times every 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. But the other 17, you're safe picking one of the blue bloods, one of the biggest favorites. You don't know which one's going to win, of course. Yeah, but the the teams that qualify under those circumstances this year, there's only two. It's actually UConn, a four seed, very surprising, mm-hmm. and Houston. Um, but I will say the caveat: if I expanded that to top eight at Ken Palm and top twenty offense, uh, there's four other teams that that are really close, and that's Texas, Gonzaga, uh, Purdue. And who was the other one? Uh, and Bama. Bama, yep. So I'm not going to say I'm going to pick all four of those teams to make the Final Four because, frankly, that's just not going to happen that way. Right. But one of those six teams, I would bet I would bet a lot of money on them versus the field, right? It'd be gonna- nice if you could couple that as a, like, you know, you, bet, you can bet one team against the field. It'd be nice if you could get like a bucket of teams like that and bet like right. five of them. Yeah. But, you know, that leaves out some some darlings, right? That leaves out Kansas, almost mm-hmm. the number one overall seed. That leaves out UCLA, right, who's had a, a great year, who, frankly, has been one of my favorite teams to watch all year. That yep. leaves out Marquette, that won the Big East regular season and the tournament, right? That yep. leaves out Arizona. So you, there's a lot of really good teams that you can talk yourself into. Um, but I would try to stick with one of those one of those six. I do feel like I've mentioned Gonzaga a few times. I don't think they're the best team. Mm. I just, I sometimes sports just fall into a weird narrative, right? 
Look at look at Kansas. Kansas was like the favorite to win the tournament four or five times in the last 10 years. And, and you know, they got it done the one year with Thomas Robinson. But every other year they fell short. Last year, nobody was talking about Kansas. They were the one team, they were the one one seed that like nobody said, Oh, I got Kansas winning it. And what they do, they win the tournament. So sometimes when the when the spotlight is off a little bit, I feel like those teams can perform pretty well. And I feel like that's a little bit the way with Gonzaga this year. They've got, you know, they've got Strother, who's who's an NBA player, probably gonna be a first round pick. They've got all four and five star dudes around him. Um and, you know, I think that they lost a little luster because they lost to Houston in the preseason. They they suffered a couple other losses. But, man, that's a team. They've got the number one offense, and, and that's that's something you need. If you go again and look uh, at yeah. history, you need a top ten offense. Defense is great. Defense can win you a lot of regular season games. But the teams that cut down the nets exclusively have had elite offenses. Okay. So, um, so I, I wouldn't shy away so, from that for sure. So favor that, favor the offenses, favor some teams. And you mentioned UCLA, which is a team that probably won't get. They'll slide into the middle of the favorite zone, but they're tested. All those guys on that team have been there. They've done it. They've won big games. And I do feel like I don't like that narrative in the pros clutch or like been there before. Like unless you've been there like a Brady amount of times, I don't think anybody's really getting the feel for you've been to one Super Bowl. It doesn't mean you know how the pressure of the Super Bowl is going to impact your game. But I do feel like in college it matters. And so I feel like teams like that, like if like Green, to your point, teams that check enough boxes, right? You just keep going until you get to a sweet spot of like a couple teams that check all those boxes. Yeah. Kind of feels like UCLA checks a lot of those boxes to me too. Yeah. I, I do like them. Obviously, the, the Jalen Clark injury hurts, but yep. they're old enough that and and deep enough that that they might be able to pick up for that. But yep. uh, okay. got the guy from V from Vendetta. That's got to be worth something. Should be able to do something for him. <laughs> this this is this is really helpful, especially I was trying to cross UConn off, even in the first round, maybe the second round. I was yeah, little, I'm just frustrated with the state of Connecticut right now. <laughs> <laughs> Will, Levis, Will, Levis, Will Levis is going to bring you back. Somehow I'll end up in Denver. It's going to all work out for you. Well, you know, they like they have to have the hot lobster roll. I'm in Maine. I, we've got, you know, they don't know if they want to be in New England or if they want to be in New York and specialize in like the New Haven pizza or whatever. So like, do you want to be in New England and, and have, they oh. can be Yankees oh. fans or Red Sox fans. So you know, Connecticut, we got to pick a lane. Um, actually, actually, I'm glad you brought up pizza. Greeny has a, he could probably give us a take here. Um, Greeny, a Chicago type pizza. Have you ever had Rosati's? Of course. Yeah, I have. How, how do you feel about it? And where does it stack up in the pantheon of like Chicago pies? Um, I think it's, I think it's middle of the road. You know, I think. Um, Trash. When, when, it, when it comes to, I feel like people. Once you become a chain, once you come nationwide, there's an uh-huh. instinct among locals to be like, ah, that that place is no good. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, when I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, and there's no other option for Chicago deep dish, and I'm craving it, I'll go hit up a Rosati's. It's my, it's the only game in town. That's why um, I asked because we got our, our other buddy from Chicago. He's he's a big fan of it. He brought us to it. We went to the golf trip a few years ago in Arizona, and we got this pizza, and people were not pleased. People were not pleased with it. <laughs> they were not okay. Not pleased. He took did a lot of heat. Or did you go thin? Ah, it felt very thin because it looked like cardboard. Gibby, I don't know if you remember, but it didn't. It didn't <laughs> feel deep. I don't think it was deep. Okay, so so they're they're deep dish. You know the Chicago style Luminati. Well, Chicago locals will say they actually prefer the thin crust. 
But what other what what people from around the rest of the country think of Chicago style with the sauce on the top, yeah. basically yeah. a meat pie, right? Or uh, sorry, a cheese pie. Uh, Rosati's does a decent version of that. If, okay. if for it, okay. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and try to convince you that it's the best pizza in the world either. No, <laughs> you're not gonna lie to the people, and that's what we appreciate. Are um are the Bears locked in on that new site for the stadium, or is that still in the works? Is is Soldier Field kind of on the way out? Is that stadium locked in and ready to go, or what's the deal there? So supposedly it's not finalized. They okay. did finalize the purchase of the land. Okay. But all that means is that the Bears now own that. They could resell it. They could repurpose it. Yep. All signs point to they're going to be building a new stadium there. Um, I am of the minority that would really prefer to just see them stay put. Like I yeah. love, I love going to a game at Soldier Field. Like yeah, last year, I go. Even being in Denver, I go to two, you know, one or two games a year, most years. And sometimes I'll stay out in the burbs with my folks and we'll drive in. And that's everybody's biggest complaint is, ah, the traffic is terrible. It's like, there's eight games a year. Suck yeah. it up. and Who cares? You're going to tailgate. And okay. there are 85,000 other people going to the same spot yeah. as you. Yeah. Traffic's yeah. going to be great. And the other times I'll stay downtown. And that is when you get the magic. Yeah. You yeah. wake up on a crisp fall morning. <laughs> You walk through Grant Park, you got the leaves crunching on your feet. It's frosty out. The mm. smell of onions and mm. uh, bratwurst fills the air. Like it's one of those like distinctly fall American football experiences. You're not going to yeah. get that Arlington Heights. Come on, man. No. Like walking along the lakefront, people tailgating on their boats on Lake Michigan. It's a great experience. And I know, I, again, all my friends are like, ah, get them to Arlington Heights so I can take the train so traffic won't be as bad cares whatever come on it's a unique experience where it's a stadium downtown there's not a lot of those left no i love about coors field here in denver all of them all the everything there denver is so compact that's the greatest part about that isn't there that one day a year where there's like multiple games on the same kind of thing yeah that's magic baby yeah oh yeah (laughs) green uh gibby we got to get you out there for that that might be that day hopefully that's it's the i think the broncos nuggets and abs right do they all three play on the same day I don't know if they'd ever do Nuggets and Abs on the same day, just because that's both at the ball arena. I know. They do it in Boston, though. They'll do it for Celtics well, and Bruins games. Do. Yeah, they do it like twice a year. They'll turn it over. They'll have – somebody will play on Saturday at like noon, and then there'll be a 7 o'clock game, and they turn it around. I can see more of a Rockies late-season game, Broncos yeah, yeah. early – you know, you might yep, get yep. some of that going. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, either way, it's all real close, and yeah. I don't know. Seems like the McCaskies have, have decided that the Bears are going to go out to Arlington. And I get it. It's a money play. They'll own it. They don't own Soldier Field. Soldier Field. The city does. That's true. Uh, they'll make the revenue on Super Bowls and concerts and all that. Like, from a business standpoint, I'm not saying I fault them. Yeah. But from a fan experience, I will uh, I will miss Soldier when it when it's no longer there. That's what cool. happens to it? What, are they, what would they do with it? What would the city do with it once it's not? It's a good question. I mean, it's a landmark, so I don't even know, like, legally there might be some stuff around. You probably can't tear it down. No. So it just becomes, uh, I don't know, maybe Northwestern plays a couple games there a year. They do some high school playoff stuff. Notre Dame sneaks over for one. I don't know. That would actually be cool. I'm not the MLS guy, but, like, I'd go to some fire games if they were right downtown at Soldier Field. Yeah. So, Mike, thank you very much. We're going to need you back when we get to Final Four time. Um, I I would love to join again. Um, awesome, awesome work on the show. Uh, thank you, Mike Green, our, uh, first, first time guest here. Um, first of many, uh, we really appreciate it, Maddie. 
We will see you in just a couple days um, at Myrtle Beach uh, as long as, and Polly's Island as long as the uh, the weather. Um, pack, pack those trunks, Gibby. I'll see you in the Lazy River. All right, don't worry about the weather. <laughs> it's all going to sort itself out, and we'll be fine. Thanks so much. All right, boys. All right, good work. It, appreciate it, Maddie. Thanks, bud.